hello and welcome to the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Matt Island. Matt, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Um, it's nice, been a lot of, nice to speak to you again. It's been a little while. You've been um, out and about doing all sorts of different things. Um, away on probably the cushiest little number um, <laughs> I've ever heard of, which your readers are going to um, see in the summer issue of the magazine uh, quite soon. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, quite a few other different things as well. Um, what do you want to start us off with? What, what, um, uh, I think, uh, well, should we start with a nice cushy job just to really uh, irritate people? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, basically, as as you probably know, I've been chained to a desk the whole summer. I can't get out anywhere and do anything. And you have been on a jolly to Greece. Yes, I have, yeah. Although... Yeah, it's it is work. I did have to keep reminding myself it's work. Uh, but for those who've seen the stuff in Truck and Driver earlier in the year, I've been transporting pets. Uh, although I've taken the summer off doing it just because I've got so many bits and pieces doing. But before I did, Matt the boss said to me, "Do you fancy a little jaunt to Greece with your girlfriend as a second driver?" Because I have a customer that has two dogs, and she's insisting the van is double manned, so the dogs get double the attention. So, obviously, I said, "Well, this, you know, I don't know if I can manage that, but I'll, I'll pitch it to Sam and see what she says." So, you know, I just went home and said, "Do you fancy a nice trip to Greece, getting paid, and staying in hotels and delivering dogs?" And she sort of thought about it for a moment and said, "Yes, thankfully." So, uh, so yeah, we set off. Uh, that was midweek. We set off on the Wednesday. Uh, we went down to the yard. The dog's been collected from London, so it was a case of load them into the van, load all our stuff, and trundle off down to the Channel Tunnel, uh, ship out. We went as far as Reims. Uh, the next day, we got ourselves into Italy. We were hoping to do Montsenice on the way down, uh, the old route, as the as the old boys would say, um, up over the mountain. But the weather was just atrocious. <laughs> it's just, just it's almost like karma uh, because because I was off to Greece. It chucked it down. And it just seemed pointless going over that way for to, to not see anything. So we carried on into Italy. And then uh, we had a bit of a longer day on the Friday, all the way down to Brindisi. Originally, we were told the booking was for Bari, but we actually were sailing from Brindisi. So we got down there Friday night. And uh, on the ferry Saturday afternoon, across to Greece, got in late uh, late Saturday night, yeah, early hours of Sunday morning. So we had a hotel in Igamanitsa on the, the Greek port town, which is actually quite a nice little town. And then on the Sunday down to Athens, uh, the dogs are actually, they were going to Mykonos Island, which I did volunteer us for going out there as well. But um, the lady had a couple of her workers heading to the mainland. So we just met them at a small town called Rafina, uh, which has got a little port, uh, dropped the dogs off. And then um, we tootled back, basically. So uh, all in all, a 10-day round trip. Um lots of sunshine and beaches and lovely driving and just a lovely experience really uh, we got back on the Friday uh, the lady wants us to go back funnily enough in September and collect them again and drop them at her house in Austria and then come home and then three weeks later go back to Austria pick them up and then come back again so uh, a bit of repeat business as well depending on the dates if, if it fits in with what we've got going on we'll hopefully go and do it and if not then uh, I guess someone else will have to do it how, how is this even a thing? Go and I have no idea. Dogs up from Greece and drive them to Austria. This is. It's just a whole other world, isn't it? It's it's nuts. It, um, it is. This is this is like you, this is as this is as removed from reality as bloody Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson yes. flying to space. So it yeah. is. But I suppose uh, after doing fourteen odd years on music tours and seeing. Yeah. Some of the lavishness, I suppose it's kind of, it is literally how the other half live, isn't it? And I, but I don't about, get sometimes with some of the jobs why they don't take the pets themselves. Whether it's they don't want to, you can't really argue stressing them out by putting them in a plane as opposed to a van, really, can you? Because, uh, or maybe you can, I don't know. Um, but it's just, it still baffles me that it happens and it still happens regularly, but it's great. <laughs> Yeah, it. definitely. Yeah. What kind of do- what kind of dogs were they that you were transporting? They were f- uh, French bulldogs. How do you get on with them? They're quite um, they're quite funny uh, dogs. They've got they, quite an interesting character. That um, that they bit- have, yeah, yeah. But we yeah we got on all right with them. One one was only 
Was she a year? She's about a year old. Neville's two. So, yeah, pretty young, pretty lively. Um, good fun to walk, though. And, uh, I mean, one wasn't so keen on the van, and the other's obviously done this sort of journey before and was just instantly at ease with it all. But, um, no, it was good fun. Um, and they were fine, you know. It was they, they weren't really whining and whinging. And um, they just sort of did as they were told. And, we, we, you know, they had their food at their certain times, and they had plenty of water. So, yeah, it was all good. Yeah, I found I've quite I had an ex that, that, that had a, a French bulldog and it just, just snot all the time like a pig and it was quite um it was it was quite lazy really. It wouldn't go out it wouldn't didn't like to go outside if it was cold and it didn't like if it was too hot and it didn't want to walk a lot walk a lot of the time. So it was a good kind of dog for a person who didn't necessarily want to do a lot of dog walking, you know. I yeah, it was pretty, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> I kind of I warmed to I thought at the first day, I thought, God, this is a weird-looking thing. Um, but yeah. I, I actually really warmed to it by, by the end. I thought, no, they're, <laughs> they're, they're a cool little things. So. Yeah, and yeah. well, our, our, our staffy was, when we first rescued him, he was a bit like that. He Because uh, he, was, he was massively overweight, so he didn't want to go for walks and didn't want to do this and that and dug his heels in. But with... Uh, with the right sort of diet and some regular walking, he's he's lost five five kilos and he's a, a completely different dog now, which is great. So oh, good stuff. I was you were talking. Um, well, there's a lot of people talking. There's a lot of writing going on. Some really interesting points that people make on social media, all about the problems of the driver shortage and things. And mm-hmm. people that one of the things that often comes up is that we can't take kids in the cab anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you can't take yep. school kids out in the summer holidays. Um, because but there was, I'd like to hear of any incident that ever happened because there was, uh, there was a kid sitting in the cab of a truck somewhere. You know, it's it's yes. all nonsense. Yeah. But um, people, there's still drivers out there that take their dogs with them. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering, like this week, it's we've had a really intense heat wave this week, um, mm. and obviously the, the drivers aren't allowed access to waiting rooms. Uh, well, they've kind of closed them down because of the corona, coronavirus stuff. So you're allowed to sit in your cab, but what the RDC still generally do is they want your keys. Um, yeah. And some trucks, um, like the ventilation, uh, w- won't work. And obviously, if you don't have like a parking aircon set, uh, piece of equipment like Volvo iPark cooler and aircon pod, the cab can get yeah. really hot. Yes. So I was just wondering if anybody who'd ha- who takes their dog with them had any problems this week whereby, you know, the RDCs were like, give me your keys, and you're like, I can't because I've got my dog with me and the cab will be too hot. I, I, I just, would dare say the RDC would turn around and say you shouldn't be having them on site just yeah. because I can imagine that's... I mean, I I get it to a degree, um, and with food foodstuffs, um, mm. I can understand them not want animals, blah, 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 but it's kind of... If, you, if you're on general haulage, you can't guarantee... You know what, what or where you're going, as such, can you? You don't. If you know all week what you're doing, and you can plan mm. it, but if you can't, you know people, people should be more accepting, really. Mm. Um, just, but uh, it, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a. There's a lot of people. Well, I mean, there's a lot of problems going on with the supply chain because we've now got the pandemic as well. Um, the where pandemic. The, the pandemic. It's which this is? bloody it's this bloody NHS uh, well it's the track and trace app which everybody ah. downloaded to be responsible and it's now yeah. because of so many coronavirus cases it's now uh, notifying people on their phone and telling them they need to self isolate for up to 10 days and it's causing yeah. enormous problems um there's a lot of problems in warehousing and supply chain because there's that many people who are having to self isolate i got yeah i got hammered with it this week um with a Scottish app. Curiously enough, my cousin came up from England for a visit. She's English and she's got the English app and she tested positive for COVID on Sunday. Um, And she was round at a family gathering at mine on the Thursday. So um, as it turned out on the Scottish app, I got hit on Sunday and said, you need to self-isolate for six days, which which completely ruined my week. But weirdly enough, it didn't ping everybody that was there because we've all oh. got the app. I have to admit that there's loads of people that are just deleting this app because it's cut. Co- yeah. There's lo- loads of people <laughs> are double vaccinated and you can't like just down tools like this. Um, yeah. But it means that so many people are now um, having to, they're off work when there's nothing wrong with them and they're, they're all yeah. vaccinated and the, the government are coming up with all these exemptions and all that and people are just deleting the app. I've deleted it now. It, it kicked me right in the balls because 
on Tuesday I had arranged to go to Ford and Slater at Norwich to do a photo yep. shoot and a video on Terry Seaman's um, huh. Foden right, XL5000, um, which is his... Terry's five minutes from my house, Terry is. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I had arra- I'd arranged to go there and shoot the video. Um, I mentioned it on last week's podcast, and the video is on our Facebook page now, but it's only about a minute long, and it wasn't right. supposed to be because I was I was supposed to be part of the video, and... With me hardly having been anywhere all summer and done anything, the moment that that came up for me to be able to do something, I got told to self-isolate for six days. I just lost it. I just uh, lost the bloody plot. (laughs) Yes, I I had noticed, to be fair. Yeah. Um, that was that just pushed me right over the edge. That that did. So I mean, obviously, there's been nothing wrong with me. I've been at home just working on the computer all week, and I've done three tests and. Yeah, there's absolutely. I definitely don't have COVID, so I've just been sitting at my desk. Um, but that's what the ping. That's what the pandemic is, and it's causing right. further. It's causing further issues with not just lorry drivers, but the whole supply chain and everything, everything yeah. like that, which has got pressure on it. Um, like the driver shortage um, issues um, seem to be um, going on from week to week, and there's no obvious solution coming from from anywhere about any of it. Um, now, you had mentioned to me that there's a lot of these agency adverts have popped up online, and you even see them, if you're standing at the urinal in the services, there's adverts <laughs> um, advertising lorry driving jobs, and a lot of the big companies are advertising huge top-line figures for money, mm-hmm. earn 45 to 60K average, possibly, you know, terms and conditions apply, but... And there's a lot of agency stuff which now says, you know, this is big money. You know, you look at that and go, oh, wow, I could go for some of that. Um, yeah. And you told me the other week that you'd actually done some investigation uh, of some of these um, agencies. Yeah, well, one one popped up on a friend's Facebook and I looked and I thought, this has got to be too good to be true. It's just triple sort of what anyone, certainly around this area, would be earning. Uh so it's advertising for the Midlands, which is only two or f- sort of three hours away from me. Um, if it's the East Midlands, it's a bit closer, obviously. But um, they were advertising thirty pounds an hour, guaranteed ten hours a day on day work for Monday to Friday days, with more for weekends and nights um, on their gold system. I think it was. I've never applied to an agency before in my life, just because I've had so much going on, I've never needed to. But I thought I'm gonna. This has piqued my interest so much, I'm actually going to email them. So I did, and I didn't hear anything for a couple of days. And then the phone rang, and the lady phoned me up to have a chat about it. And she said, um, we're talking about it, and she said, but you have to be prepared to be flexible. And I thought, here we go, this is this is the big catch, you know. You're going to have to do something to get this money. And I said, okay, so uh, what does that involve? She said, um, occasionally, but not all the time, but now and again, you'll be asked to drive... Category C, rigid, doing store deliveries instead of driving C plus E. I was like, right, is that it? She said, yep, that's it. As long as you're prepared to occasionally drive a rigid, then you're that's basically three hundred pounds a day guaranteed, mm-hmm. as many days you want. And I was thinking, that's that's uh, unreal, not, absolutely. Oh. Not one o'clock, not one and two o'clock in the morning starts. Stuff like no, that. no, so no, day, you know, day work. Now, this will be, uh, so this will be, was it an agency that you'd heard of before as an established name? In all honesty, I hadn't heard of it, but I don't really know of many agencies be, just because I've not had any dealings with them. I know of mm. Manpower, um, and off the top of my head, that's probably the only agency I can think of, so there's, there's, I... Um, there's driver hire. I worked for of them. Of course, yeah, driver first hire. Yeah. My test. And up here, there was there's Blue Arrow, who I got on all right with. And then there was Nars Recruitment, who are just like in a local Livingston one. But some of these names appear to have popped up out of nowhere. And clearly, yeah. they, they must be they must be supplying drivers somehow to supermarkets um, yes. who are now desperate. But of course. This is a supermarket's much of this is a supermarket's own making. Um yes, say, without say, a doubt. Sainsbury's at the outset of this pandemic, um, when they had lots of hauliers whose work had been stopped, phoning up in a panic, trying to get traction work, Sainsbury's phoned their existing subcontractors and said, Um, you need to drop your rates because we've now got lots of other hauliers wanting to do uh, do ah. work for us so we can get it done yeah. cheaper. 
and of course, if if the supermarkets had maintained, you know, stable rates and looked after their subcontractors throughout all this sort of time, they wouldn't now be paying through the nose to try and get stuff out the door. Um, but yep. th- that's not going to, that kind of level of money, I don't think is going to last. Um, I'd be surprised if it did. Um, however, but, it's going to push, it's going to ramp up everyone else's rates because if everyone starts going for that, then yeah. people are going to have to try and compete, aren't they? Yeah, so. well, um, I know that there's some of the companies have upped their wages a couple of times in recent um, recent weeks, which is like fair enough. But rate haulage rates need to they need to remain stable. You know, they they can't yes. go they can't just go and um, uh, go crashing back down again because the price of diesel's very high at the moment, um, mm-hmm. which is squeezing things. You've got the drivers' wages going up as well, correctly. That's yeah, finally. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, so I, it's it needs to be the haulage. It needs to. We need to be getting to the situation where the the haulier is telling the um, the customer how much it, it it costs to do the job, not the customer yeah. saying how much they feel uh, it's appropriate that they should pay for it, which has obviously been going on for way way too long. But it's been facilitated mm-hmm. by. The, the some of the and more of the big companies who are bearing the brunt of the problem right now because of the rate cutting practices as well. So yeah, um, I, it's it's a situation which is a bit largely been made by these large companies. I've got, I mean, regularly being contacted now by some of the super fleets wanting. Um, is there any editorial opportunities in trucking driver? You know, could we do something? there and i'm like well if you've got any good trucks or anything like that any interesting stuff any good stories we could write about which of course they don't um yeah <laughs> so that's a that's the kind of end of that and i've been banging on about telematics this week as well because they tell them it occurs that there's some super telematics kind of available now which can watch you and they can watch how your eyes are working this artificial intelligence machine learning to see if you're maybe getting drowsy um, and right. it, it monitors you the entire time that you're driving and it feeds reports back to the office where people you can then be micro-analyzed to see if you're doing anything like at all so it could potentially flag up if you're rummaging in the fridge to get a cold drink or uh, picking up or paperwork or, yeah just anything at all it can monitor you 100% of the time and I said this is really not a good idea for drivers or morale uh, mm-hmm. or it's just not the way forward to be doing things and I've also discovered doing a bit of research that so much of these telematics that have been fitted to trucks um, the customer the, the, the operators and the customers don't understand how to use it properly um, yeah. to watch it to, to ensure, you know to see if their vehicles are being used like economically and things because you, they're picking up harsh braking steering and they're pulling drivers in and um, basically asking them to explain what's going on. And obviously, harsh mm-hmm. braking and steering is unavoidable because cars cut you up all the time every day. Um, yeah. But I'd heard a story that there was a driver had been phoned up and said, um, we would like to know your lorry's continuously out the green band. Can you explain to us why that is? And he said, yes, it's because I'm using the um, eco-roll function. So it's going into idle all right, well, that looks bad. Can you please stop doing it? And also, we don't like it. We don't like it that the revs keep going into the blue band. Can you stop that as well? He says, yeah, but that's me using the engine brake. And yeah. it just goes on and on and on about how people yeah. they don't understand how to use telematics. And they're just using it instead as a support tool uh, to sort of reward or improve driving or anything like that. It's being used as something just to batter drivers over the head. And mm-hmm. I, there must be... I think there must be a lot of drivers who went into transport and they just started with a big firm whereby you've got set routes, you never have to think for yourself for anything at all, and you just become institutionalised. You don't have that sense of independence and the, 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 the joy of the open road and the satisfaction of driving something yeah. you really enjoy. And well, I, I, funnily, funnily enough, a friend of mine, Ron Johnson... He's just retired. He was working for Tesco's out of uh, Perfleet for 20-odd years or so, quite a, quite a long time. And he's now retired. And I was talking to him last weekend, and he was saying about, obviously, they've got an awful lot of Mercedes. They've got the mirrorless ones and things like that. And he, he, he basically, on his last day, they asked him what truck he's like. I want an old one. I don't want 
any of that mirrorless stuff. He said, I don't particularly like that. And he said, and I don't like all this telematics. He said, because it's just, as you were saying earlier about, you know, drivers losing concentration, he said, he's had so many things taken away from him now to think about whilst he's driving to keep him on the ball Mm. that it's a lot harder to concentrate because if you the the truck knows the speed limits to the road so it will automatically adjust that there's another thing out the window so all he's really got to try and do is concentrate on steering and that's it because he's got no gear stick he's got nothing to do he finds it harder to concentrate now than what he did when he actually had to drive the truck and and the truck doesn't know that he's got a double decker trailer on and, and the a140 is a single lane road and it shouldn't be tearing off and there's a roundabout coming up and he can't take that roundabout out the speed the truck thinks it can because he's got a loaded double-decker trailer. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done with that. And it does pose other points that if the driver is so becoming so detached with what's going on because the truck is supposed to be doing more and more of it himself, when the driver needs to be alert and jump in, there's a potential that he's not going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I have tried that. I mean, that's Mercedes' predictive powertrain control. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. it, and I have I tried it last year with the Actros where I was just kind of letting it it would slow for the roundabouts and it would go around some of them and it would kind of do it would do all right on some of it yeah. but an experienced driver very much knows exactly how to do all these things properly um, mm-hmm. and I tried it on the A sixty six at one point and I was like nah, no chance that it's not yeah. um, it's 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 a developing technology, but it's just one. It's something that is really um, is um, taking away the the drivers. Um, it's taking away the concentration of drivers and um, the skill involved with with driving a truck. Uh, you know, good drivers um, will get excellent results from trucks. And there's not. Um, I don't think there's enough of a push to really train and build. You know. Uh, improve drivers and get them to no. get them to get the best from themselves and their vehicle. And I'd made I was going on in the last issue of the magazine that it was important to give truck drivers vehicles that they'll enjoy driving and mo- motivate mm-hmm. them motivate them to want to do as well. And there's an awful danger with a excessive telematics uh, and excessive uh, stuff that takes control away from the driver that you're just you're you're making things worse overall. Um, yeah. You're just, uh, you're, you're scoring, it just means that even the very worst guy in the fleet will get a reasonable result off of yeah. off of something. And, you know, fleet managers and operators and things need to really give that some consideration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they have to realise that a driver is an asset. It's, it's an not an just asset. a bum. He or she is not just a bum on the seat. They are... An asset. Yeah. If you look after them, they'll look after the vehicle, yeah, and it's win-win all round. Yeah, they're human beings, and it's gone yeah. on. It's um, it's gone on for so long that they're they're not they're not separated from that like at all. What I was thinking this week, I've been had an idea bouncing about in my head for a while. I was like, what if just say imagine the government had um said. They'd come to their senses and said, right, we want to build a focus group. Uh, we want to get people f- from across the industry who are working in here for real at the sharp end. And we want you to all sit down, talk and identify all the problems um, that the industry has that you think that they've got um, and what to do about it. What solutions do you potentially have? And then I want you to compile a report on it. So I thought, well, on but just... For something to do, it's just something that I would like to do personally. Um, I would like to go and put together that focus group and get together of various people. Like I'll, There's a lot of very intelligent drivers, deep thinkers out there, owners of small fleets, truck stop owners, people from truck manufacturers. Also, it's a whole cross-section of people that never, ever get asked their opinion, yet are the mm-hmm. ones who have to deal with everything. Um yes to sit down and talk about all the different problems and issues that we've got, such as the... I mean, there's various sec- sectors, sort of fun- fundamental building blocks. Um, you've got your young people and your recruitment, uh, the industry's image, the lack of facilities, um, training, um, the way that drivers are perceived. It's not a skilled occupation. And I, and I would like to get people to sit down and talk about all this and get it all written down 
um, mm-hmm. all the different problems that we've got and come up with some actual sort of this is what you this is what you need to do to fix it and then publish mm-hmm. a report in black and white and circulate it and go that is that's everything in one place that's what that's what the problems are in British road transport and that is what you need to do to to actually fix it uh, and just put it out there whether or not mm-hmm. you know anybody from the government or anybody in power would take heed of it at all I don't know but it's something that I'm starting to set up now and I've had a really good reaction um, from the people that the not small number of people that I've approached so far to, to go and to have some input into it um, mm, yeah. it's, just, it's a little personal project of mine it's um uh, you'll probably see more about it in the magazine and hear more about it in the podcast going forward. But yeah, I think the government and all the um, politicians and all the people in power, the guys in the big fleets, don't have a clue about um, how to fix Anything. any of this. Nor, nor, <laughs> do, nor do they care. And no. I do wonder if it's going to get to a critical point in the point in the future because we're not attracting enough young people into the industry. No, not, at all. I mean, um, no. There's not, I mean, Laurie, I don't know, there just isn't a fascination with mechanical equipment and things that kids used to have, I think, that we grew up with. Um, but it's, it's a lot of that because it's all more electrical now than mechanical. You can't, years ago, you could have a, everything was mechanical. You could take it apart in your garden and, and have a play of it and put it back together and get it running. But with something modern, you really would struggle to do anything like that, wouldn't you, without a laptop and the all the sort of stuff that you need to just plug the vehicle in to see what the problem is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we grew up with, um, we, we grew up with like Smokey and the Bandit and Convoy and the Dukes of Hazzard yes. and things. But mm-hmm. I'd always like, without having anybody who was interested in transporting my family, I was always quite, when I'd see trucks on the street going past, I would think, yeah, that's smart. You know, that's that's yeah. cool. And I don't, yeah. they just don't seem to be the same. I mean, I mean, the kids out there these days that would see like a Scania 770S or an F816 go past and go, yeah, that's smart like, that intrigues me. Yeah. I want to find out more mm-hmm. about that. I would like, I would quite like to go and like talk to kids in schools and and see, talk to a few, a few of them and, and say, you know, what do you think, just what do you think about all of this? You know, what, what, what's your like perception and view of a truck or a career in like haulage because there's such enormous variety in transport as well that you really if you put um a lot if you put effort in you can get a lot of different things out of it and your career can take you in a lot of different paths mm-hmm. way above and beyond just simply being a driver yes you know that was my um, thought that was banging a bit in my head for the past few months and i finally got it written down anybody wants to see what i've written down my proposal please do get in touch um, if you mm-hmm. think it's a load of if you if you're listening to it and think uh, what a load of old rubbish you'll never change anything and um, what's the point of all that please please do not get in contact with me I do not want to hear <laughs> from you <laughs> no there's no point even if we do this report at least it's out there then yeah you know and if, if anyone complains about it say look we've put the information out there it's all there yeah. for you to read and take in and then you lot decide what to do. That's exactly it. Just it's yeah. all there and bla- all of it in black and white, mm-hmm. written and compiled by people who are physically in in amongst it. You know, it's not yep. executives. It's not done by marketing people, or it's done by um, people who live it and breathe it and see it for see mm-hmm. it for real. You know, and I'm I'm open to um, people who would like to get in, like to get involved with that. I don't know how long it would take. I'd like to get a little bit of official sort of um, backing for it you know as well it's hard for like the sort of big transport organizations to get sort of we've been involved in this because you better believe that it's going to give the rdcs and the supermarkets and the big super haulers a right good kicking as well yes Uh, definitely (laughs) because it's sort of thing well it's like rdc there needs to be like a fundamental change there needs to almost be a law or a set mm-hmm. of rules laid out for uh, regional distribution centres. They all have to adhere to the same set of guidelines. Like uh, a code of practice. A code of practice. They, they need yeah. to, because it's just a free-for-all, and they, treat, they just keep trucks as a uh, prisoner. Kalina kept a truck for four hours this week and made the driver sit in a non-air-conditioned porter cabin um, and he phoned up and he asked, can I go and sit somewhere where it's uh, where you've got any air conditioning? And they said, yes, we'll send somebody. And they never did. 
But we'll, mm-hmm. Because they said to him as well it would take four hours, he should have been perfectly entitled to drop that trailer on the site, leave yeah. the site, and then he could go... He's got the opportunity to take three hours off, which is a split daily rest. Yeah. Um, if, you did that, if you did that to a dog, you yeah. would be charged yeah. for animal cruelty. You know, you can't you can't do that to to a person. Yeah, they're, they're not allowed to um, drop the trailer, not allowed to pull the truck away. It had to be sat there. It had to have the keys seized. And this just it's just madness. It's, it's, just, it's not yeah. anything to do with health and safety. But they've just been a complete law unto themselves for mm-hmm. for so long, and they need to realise as well a lot of these big companies that one of the reasons is. The driver shortage, the the number changes, the RHA changes the number every day. It's 60,000, 70,000, 80,000, 100,000. One of the biggest problems that we have is that trucks are sitting for hours and hours in RDCs and things doing nothing. They're not not able to move. How many millions of hours do you think we lose over the course of every year with trucks just sitting doing nothing when if... They were unloaded and loaded efficiently and on their way. How much more work do you think those trucks could get done over the course of a day? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just and, that's, and, and, and things like that, that's why I choose not to do that sort of work because I don't want to sit in a port cabin for four hours uh, with no air condition. I just think that's inhuman and I'd rather not bother. Do it. There's enough work out there for me to choose not to do it. It's like the large German supermarkets who make you unload your truck and one of them apparently makes you split the load down if it needs to be and, and yeah that's that's that's, Ash, Ash, that's little um apparently from what, Al- I can, what I can gather, Aldi. from what i can gather aldi are better to deal with than little um well i, I, I would was, have to have that told, verified but i don't know i was told it was the other way around i think because oh, i right. actually delivered hmm. well i delivered once last year to that is Maybe it is Audi. I thought it was Lidl in Chelmsford. Um, we have to unload yourself, which you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. But I'm a truck driver. I'm not a warehouse man. And when they, you have to start stripping pallets down, now Ash Rebin was telling me he because he Hi, argued Ash. with somebody. Hi Ash. He argued, He did have. He was swore out and um, was treated exceptionally badly by one of these, and I can't remember which one it was. And they then turned around and said, "Well, the company who he's working for get paid extra." For the driver to to do this, so if that's the case, pass that cost on mm. to the driver. Don't don't just swallow that. Um, if that if that really is the case, now mm. I've no idea, and and again I I, I say I don't care. I do, but it's I'm not going to do it because I'm not interested in doing that. If I want to do that, I'd work in a warehouse. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, I did uh, the last time I was in. Well, I'd like it, if anybody wants to verify, like which which is good and which is which bad, is, which is the worst, which is the worst, <laughs> you know. Please get in touch. When I was in it all day, when I had, I had to do little, when I had that Iveco five seventy last year, and I had to manually like yank um, a full trailer of milk out the trailer, and I also had to rotate the stock. So the old yeah. stuff was at the front and the back, and you had to divide it up, and it took me ages, and I was knackered by the end of. Yeah, I mean at the time, well, I'm 41. I was 40 then, and I'm fairly fit. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. And I'm thinking, who's like an old guy who's like in his 60s who's got like arthritic knees supposed to be able to do this? And why is it his job? It's, yeah, he doesn't work for little around. You know, when I, when I was at um, Aldi, I had to unload a trailer, and they gave me this enormous electric pallet truck. Um, and to be fair, at the time they weren't busy, so their guys in the warehouse came over and gave us a hand, and we got it done in no time at all. Um, yeah. But I wasn't too adverse to the electric pallet truck uh, thing because I was uh, I was done as quickly as I could get it done. So I was out the door again quickly, mm-hmm. even though even though the ideal situation would be if they were just to go, they were just to go and do that. But um, yeah, I mean, some some people do argue. Like my, my brother used to do quite a bit, and he'd say he'd rather self tip because he can get it done quicker. Oh. So I can kind of I, I get it from. I understand both sides, but you just shouldn't be expected and forced to if you don't want. Because if what if you what if you'd fallen over early in the day and hurt your arm or leg or something like that, yeah. and you're you're going to cause yourself more pain, and you go in there and they refuse to un to, to unload you and refuse exactly. to load because you know what's who's who's then going to pay? Yeah, they'll just um, they've just had it completely their own their own way for their own way. for so yeah. for so long um and so and so if enough people were to stand up and say no i'm not well, doing that well, it, it, what if, like we say uh, well what's, all, what's, what's also happening is that some of the um 
some of the bigger fleets as well contracted to supermarket work have um, pulled out of it. Yes, um, they're they're not doing it because it's bad work, and like you say, there's there's enough work going on just now, and there's um, not enough drivers. Drivers can be a bit picky about what they want to do, and mm-hmm. so the re- there's a lot of really dreadful, awful jobs in haulage. Uh, and yep. some of these jobs now, they're struggling to get people to do them because they don't want mm-hmm. to. They simply don't want to go and do it. You know, it's um, yeah, it's yep. because it's a crap job. Uh, so, yep. it's, um, ah, there's a there's a lot of things brewing away under under the surface of all this, and the shortage isn't going to get any better. I can't honestly remember if I'd mentioned it on last Sunday's podcast. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself because I had a bit of, bit of a crazy week with the self isolation and all that sort of stuff. But there weren't <laughs> there weren't um, foreign there weren't to get foreign drivers in as well. And I don't honestly believe that there are many foreign drivers um, waiting, queuing up to go and be flown into the UK to go tramping. Where are they going to live? Are they going to live in an army barracks? Um, well, the only type the portable... only reason they want to do that is because they can underpay them and do it cheap. Yeah, portable sort of accommodation things, but these guys are going to come over. They won't speak English. They'll be driving on the wrong side of the road. They're going to be what they're going to be tramping and work tramping, doing five and six and five and six. So they're only going to be back at their temporary living accommodation for a short period of time. The trucks are mm-hmm. never going to be off the road. And I'm thinking, well, because it's expensive to live in a lot, a lot of the part of the UK, you would have to. These guys, if you were going to bring them over, they would have to bring their family. They would have to find like actual houses to live, and private rents aren't that easy to find, and they're very expensive. And how do you just? I would say they'd probably just live in the truck. There's a there was a German company who had Lithuanian registered trucks because obviously it's far cheaper, and they got a whole bunch of Filipino drivers in to do Scandinavian work, just just line hauling Scandinavia. So you know, oh, there's a lot of that just, just to do it cheap. A lot of that went on in the EU. You'll see on Twitter as well. Yeah. When I yeah. when I take a look in the postings which um, the general public are on, um, talking about the, the driver, well, supermarket shelves, driver shortage. A lot of the general public uh, blame these problems solely on Brexit. That's what they think. Mm-hmm. The only reason is that uh, for all these problems is Brexit. But they don't actually realise as well that the EU turned up complete blind eye to a lot of dreadful labour practices in developed yeah. countries um, mm-hmm. using cheap labour, which was basically... Modern slavery. Modern slavery, which went completely under the radar. Now, the EU facilitated that as well, you know? It's, yeah. Oh, actually yeah. encouraged it. Yeah, they, they, and the, their mobility plans kind of just... Uh, uh, I, I kind of... Um, uh, what, what would you say? It's just uh, like the minimum they could do to just look like they're doing something doing mm-hmm. something about it so yeah. i don't see that foreign drivers are going to come in and be able to solve the shortage of drivers anyway it's you need to it's a whole fundamental sea change to make to have driving considered as skilled to mm-hmm. improve the image of the industry to make a lot of driving jobs more enjoyable and desirable yeah. um uh, and also just to finish just probably to round things off, we also had this week, we found out that the uh, the Road King truck stop at Holyhead's being closed because HMRC are commandeering it. And also mm-hmm. the Orwell Crossing is closing. Yeah, um, being developed into offices apparently. Uh, because it, It's, uh, a, super, it's, it's clear- a, a huge logistics site apparently, whatever that means. Yeah, and uh, what a joke. So if you're going to Britain's premier container port and i use the word premier in inverted commas because anyone who's ever been to felixstowe for a container will tell you it's clearly not uh you your options of stopping especially if you've got something like adr where you're supposed to stop in somewhere secure between felixstowe and the midlands once your world crossing goes you've got about three or four options i'd say there's a couple at berry Edmonds. you could argue there's the, the parking at Tesco's at Ipswich, um, if that stays. Rothwell Truck Stop, Welford, uh, that's pretty much it. So the, the loss of it, I mean, the Orwell holds a couple of hundred trucks plus a few businesses. So where they're all going to go, I have absolutely no idea. Um, and uh, it's also a handy place 
for learners who, because the test centre's in Ipswich, a lot of learners would go in there for, for a little break and a cup of tea. And um, a lot of them who don't have their own reversing areas would use use this area for practising and teaching. So it's all going. Yeah, it's, um, yeah that is just so bad. And there's no provision at all mm-hmm. for um, to replace any of the truck parking. And like Bob Beach said to me this week, he was driving up and down the M1, and the M1 is just covered with these enormous distribution centres getting piled up at the side everywhere with their fancy yeah. cla- with their fancy. Um, graduated cladding where it goes for the dark mm-hmm. blue to the light blue up in the sky, just lovely and not one of these sites will um, have been asked to pro- made, make any provision for truck parking or facilities for the vehicles which they are going to attract to get them to run and Morton yeah. Cullimore of the RHA had his petition going and he was banging on about it last year that all these new sites need to have you know, if you're building something then you need to have um, provision for truck parking built into this um, yeah. because it's becoming well, it's like, like, it's any, less Amazon, any Amazon site within like a 10 mile radius every single lay by or ditch that you can put a truck or trailer in has someone in there because they presumably won't allow people to stay on site which is just unbelievable the amount of places they've got and they won't allow any of them so, so then all the parking's taken up by their trucks who are parked up overnight so there's even less space yeah, and it's not it's like they, mind, can, they, can't, they can't afford to go and do that either. Yeah. It can be quite antisocial for local residents within these big places open up as open up as well. And, of course, um, Kalina were um, guilty of that as well when they were, they were um, uh, having, piling trucks up around industrial estates and just using them as cold storage, basically, until they were ready to, they were ready to um, tip them. So yeah. I, like, going back to... The, that uh, report thing as well you need to there absolutely needs to be the government needs to sort of step in and force basically and local authorities um and planning uh, to provide uh, adequate truck parking uh, and there yep. needs to be a push to build so much more of it because it is one of the most stress i find it's one of the most stressful things when i'm out doing a week's tramping if it's like seven eight o'clock at night and i'm still running and I'm, i start to get anxiety i'm like Am I going to get in here? Where am I? Am I actually going mm-hmm. to fit in? Fit into this truck stop? Because a lot of places yeah. you simply can't, and everybody no. should be. Everybody should be able to park a truck safely and securely and affordably for mm-hmm. for the night. Um, yeah. And that there you and there you go. There, there's uh, truck stops being closed down rather than opened uh, during yeah. this un- unprecedentedly difficult times. And, you know, Grant Sharps hasn't had anything to say about that whatsoever. It's because he's a moron. <laughs> yeah, because n- none of them, they just care. They just don't get it. They do not no. fundamentally understand what is, um, what's, what's going on and what uh, the problems are sort of, sort of bubbling away in certain parts of this industry. It's... Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah. mad, aren't I? It certainly is. Anyway, to round off, what's your plans next? Are you going are you going back out again to do some doggy transport? Are you doing any lorry driving or what? So, I've got three weeks holiday cover booked uh, for a, a regular customer of mine mid, mid-August into the start of September, but I've also started... Is that uh, a lorry? That's in an Arctic, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that'd just be day work. Um, so nothing too exciting. Uh, but I've recently started uh, as a HGV instructor, or C plus E, I should say. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually trying to help alleviate the uh, driver shortage <laughs> with some of my knowledge, which uh, I, well, I was approached. Yeah, I was approached to do it, and I thought, well, you know, because it was, you know, as and when they don't want anyone full time, so that suited me. I thought, well, I'll give it a try, and if I don't like it, I haven't got to do any more. So I did a week, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's what I'm doing next week, Monday Monday to Thursday, half 12 to half 4. I think it's just one one guy. I think so it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the general training with a test on Thursday. And then um, that's oh, my so, week finished. Oh, so you, you, you've got him doing his test, so there's a bit of, you know, there's a bit of pressure on you. You're going you're gonna to be hoping that you've got... You've got the guy up to, up, up to speed, eye. No, but that's, yeah, a, but that's a good thing as well because you're clearly um, you're clearly you know passionate about uh, trucks in the industry and everything like that, and that should uh, 
that should rub off on these guys who are like taking their first steps into into this as well because we need to yeah. you need we need to attract people into college but you also need to get people to have a bit of sort of you know passion about it um yeah and some of it some of it does come to come down to whether or not you think if you actually think that vehicles if you're actually into vehicles and trucks and things if you find them sort of sort of cool or not but that, that can only that can only be a good sort of thing is it what do you need to do to be an hgv instructor is there any sort of official sort of tests you need to pass to do this or anything you need to hold the license category for a minimum of three years and that is it you don't yeah. need to do anything else so which i, I kind of get because when they're doing c plus e they've already done car seven half and a, and a category C, so they, they know how to drive. You don't really yeah. need to teach them how to suck eggs. It's just a case of getting them used to one that bends in the middle. Or, yeah, or and front, of course. So it's, yeah. yeah, so it's just really, if they can nail the uh, the reversing and the couple-uncouple, well, it's, uh, it's really just a case of, around Ipswich, there's, there's, two, I mean, there's two turns that are tight and awkward in an Arctic, and it's... If you can nail them in case they come up on the test, everything else should realistically flow fairly well. Yeah, well, should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, um, obviously, manual gearboxes aren't much of a concern. No, um, that's all gone anymore, which is which um, makes things a lot simpler as well. I think with the reverse as well, what I've found is that a lot of instructors. For some reason, they 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 wouldn't explain reversing properly to somebody. They would explain the system of things that you would need to do to move that truck to do that manoeuvre. Um, yeah. They would be like, right, we've put a little bit of tape on the trailer. So what you do is you turn the wheel that much and you reverse it back this far, then you do this. And it doesn't actually explain the fundamentals of it, you know, the mechanics of reversing, like how important yeah. it is. Well, mm -hmm. obviously you've got to teach them how to do that simple, that stupid manoeuvre that that's, got, that's got no relevance to real life. But... Yes, you know it's also but, uh, important to explain that, that when you're doing reversing, the mo it's just as important what you do going forward before you even, how you position the truck yeah, before you even start yeah. to go back. Yeah, you setting yourself up. Yeah, and that's why, like with the all-wheel crossing, so if I, I'll take a student in there and I'll get them to reverse park with a bit of space, you know, just not to make it too yeah. difficult. So they're doing a, a reverse and manoeuvre. They they pick wherever they want to park. And then they just have to reverse in the space of me watching and just a little bit of guidance just so they can see how the truck handles and how it works. So they've got the reversing manoeuvre they have to do, but they've also done a bit of real-life reversing off so they, they know roughly how they've got to do it and how it works. It's a, it's a good idea because some people come out of it. I mean, reversing was the thing that terrified me the most when I first passed, I think it my, terrifies most, most people, passed my test because I just hadn't, um, I hadn't been um, given the sort of... Uh, I hadn't been instructed properly on how it really sort of worked. We're going forward, putting a twist in the unit, potentially going forward more than you would need to. Uh, you, you thought that you would need to, like, taking a wide cut if you can. Uh, yeah, there's, there's like an awful lot. To, there's a lot to take in with it. Um, yeah. Beyond that, beyond just doing that manoeuvre. So that's good. You, you will give people, like, a, a good um, sort of foundation to work on when they go out into the into the the real world because it's a good t although it's expensive to go and get your license and, and th things it is a good time to go and want to go and do this and there's so many people have got like dreadful office jobs that involve like long commutes on trains and um that you know i think that they, they would they don't if they were if they look at lorry driving in a different light, I think they would enjoy it a hell of a lot more than a lot of these um, sort of white collar jobs that you see. And you've mm -hmm. also got the potential to make more money from it as well. But truck driving just isn't advertised. It's not put out there in that that sort of way as a as a um, a positive career option enough anywhere. So hi. Well, I'm on de I'm on deadline next week again for the second time in like three weeks, and then I've got the convoy in the park program to do, and then we're on with our 134 page bumper issue, and uh, I just stuck to my desk for ages, can't get away from it really. Um, 
I've got the opportunity to go and driving um, a nice Volvo and a nice Scania come September and October, which I'm really looking forward to to get back yeah. out and about again. And that can't really come soon enough, to be honest. I'm just um, looking forward to getting um, uh, August and Convoy in the park and the big issue out the way so I can go and um, get back to uh, what I would uh, I, I categorise as normality on trucking drivers, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as normal as it gets anyway. Hi, but no, it's a yeah. it's a scorching day, so I'm going to go out now. Um, I'm going to a photo shoot uh, this weekend on uh, Derek Skeldon's DAF XF, which is a manual gearbox, all the airbrushed up and everything like that. And that'll be that'll be a nice uh, run down to the Scottish borders. Um, and I'm going to take my mates Astra GT16 Valve as well and do a bit of video for my own YouTube channel for that because we'll get some lots of nice scenery and things. So. Excellent. Looking forward Excellent. to that. Um, yeah, I should just mention as well, uh, a good friend of mine who's known a driver has ordered a brand new DAF XG. Um, so, oh. but I don't think that will be on the road till March, I think you said, next year. So, because, I mean, from what I can gather, lead times and trucks are just astronomical at the moment anyway, but he'll have yeah. it then for the new registration. This will be his, his last ever truck before he retires, basically. So that should be something quite special, I think. Oh no, good stuff! I'm eh? looking for looking forward to going and seeing that. Looking forward to seeing all these new new trucks yep. coming out in the road. Euro Six E is coming in uh, in September, so all the manufacturers are having a little tweak of the uh, a little tweak at things um, just for that that evolution of the emission standards. You probably some, on some it's more noticeable than others. Iveco have changed their um, line up to four ninety five thirty. Uh, they've dropped their five ten and their four eighty right. engines. So you might see some of that kind of going forward, going forward. But that's what that's what that is. So yeah. Hi. Um. I, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry, that's been quite a serious one. But we welcome your feedback and anything that's come up. Sorry if anything's been repeated from the last couple of weeks, couple of podcasts or anything like that. But I honestly can't remember due to reasons of gin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a legitimate excuse. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, cool. Uh, thanks for coming on. Good to have you. Good to catch up with you again. Uh, yeah, nice uh, to speak to you, Dougie. Yeah, look forward to hearing how everything everything goes uh, in due course. Yes, mate. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Lovely. Cool. Right. I'll catch you soon. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Dougie. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.